I bet they're gossiping about you right now. Oh, I bet. Just the (laughs) best things. (laughs) Hey, welcome to Shirts and Ties, a culture and education podcast. I'm Casey Shirts. And I'm Brian Miller. Brian, what are we talking about today, man? Great question. We were we were reached out to uh, a little bit ago. I actually think I just cut you off in the middle of your, Brian, what are we talking about? I didn't even let you finish that sentence, which is great because you and I have been talking on the phone about how we need to stop interrupting you. So I'm off to a good start. But we are going to be talking about gossip. Somebody reached out to me and said, hey, can you guys do a, an episode about gossip? And so I wrestled with it a little bit because... It's kind of like I heard before, if you if you are a parent who reads parenting books, um, those parenting books probably are not going to make you a good parent. But because you want to read books on parenting, you're probably a good parent, right? And like they might give you some help and stuff like that. And so I thought to myself, well, if we're going to do uh, an episode about gossip, um, which is, you know, everybody talks about that. Everybody hates it. People who are gossipers aren't going to listen to it. So it's just going to be the, the people who don't like gossip. And so it's not going to be very influential unless we take a small little detour and talk differently about it. And I know that you love gossip. And so you wanted to talk in the positives and affirm. That's it. what I thought. I thought this was a pro gossip podcast yeah. episode. So I, yeah. I was really excited for that. The misunderstandings <laughs> of gossip and why you should. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that there's a component of just kind of being honest about it, but obviously more so of what can we do about it? And so I just kind of have some thoughts and ideas um, and I'm sure you do as well, um, of just how we can, cause we're not going to get rid of it, right? It, it will never go away. And so how can we embrace it maybe, or, or work around it? Something like that. What do you think? Well, I, I'm going to be honest. I make that joke about this being a pro gossip episode, but I will tell you that as I look at my notes that I've jotted out, I have a lot more on the pro side of gossip than on the con side. Now, maybe that's just because I feel like it has to be, you know, discussed a little more because we usually see it as a negative, but I actually do see lots of positives in gossip if it's done in the right way and if it's healthy and if it's purposeful. Right. Uh, I knew you were going to kind of go in that direction. So I didn't spend a whole lot of time on that, but yeah, I think there's some obvious ones that gossip, honestly, uh, is a form of, of bonding with your, with your people, right? You gain trust, um, and kind of sharing maybe um, juicy information or, or intimate information. Um, so there is a component to it that is healthy for a culture, right? Mm-hmm. That if we try and say no gossip, no gossip, we actually create a very isolated and to use your word from long ago, a siloed uh, community where people just kind of exist because they are so afraid to talk about anything. And by nature, we talk about people. Yeah. And I actually categorized it as pro-social and anti-social gossip. Yeah. And that's how I framed it. Um, So let's not spend too much time on the anti-social because I do think that's the common knowledge that everyone is frustrated with. Maybe we can just say generically really quickly, what are the anti things? And obviously if you're, if you're going and sharing personal information about other people, sensational information about other people for the purpose of destruction, that's the gossip that we're, that people don't want. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and let me just, as you mentioned bonding and there's the endorphin rush of, of sharing that juicy information that in and of itself isn't really harmful because that's really what you're doing is you're building a relationship with that person that you're talking to. And it's in some cases, what it can do is, is let 
that person know, like you guys have some common causes. Yeah. You guys are in agreement on some things. However, it's the negative that, sure. But if you're creating common enemies, yep. that's when it can become dangerous. Yep. Yep. That's when it can become, instead of gaining trust or, or building trust, that's where you begin the erosion of trust. Because if you're destroying other people, that's going to get out to those other people. Or even just, you know, you and I chatting, I understand that your purpose is to destroy other people. So subconsciously, I want to begin to not trust you so much because I know when I'm not in this room, what are you going to be saying about me? Uh, is, is it going to be destructive? Um, and that's where you get in the, the toxic environment of people are now no longer um, confident to try new things or to step out and to, to be leaders and stuff because they're afraid of being targets. They're afraid of failure and what people are going to say about them. So anything else on just the negative side? Because I feel like it's pretty, it's pretty common and well-known. Yeah, I I just want to emphasize that I think when you talk about negative gossip, what it's doing is it's magnifying a problem rather than clarifying it, yeah. right? So the the problem grows, um, and it, so it's it's just based on on exaggeration or lies. It's intent to harm, or it's intended to make me look better than I am. Which like, is, I think that's go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to again. I did it again. Well, it's fine. I, I was I was almost done. I was just going to say that that's just the list I sketched out. Like, yeah. I'm trying to you know grow my own person based on these exagger- exaggerations, or I'm trying to maybe harm somebody that I'm competing with. Ooh, that's a, yeah, that's a I think a, a very um, specific component to gossip that I don't think we often realize in our own when we are sharing or listening to gossip is that it's a competition. I'm sharing these things because this other person either makes me feel that I need to do better or is a is a mirror to myself that I need to do better. And so if I can tear them down, then that's easier for me. My, my father used to say there's two types of people in the world that, that let's say uh, I'm a six, you know, if you could rate people on one to 10 scale, 10 being fantastic. If I'm a six and you're an eight, I'm either going to try and make myself an eight or I'm going to try and make you a six. And um, just- we've talked to, hey, I cut you off now. Yes. <laughs> right mark it up i was just gonna say and we know that destruction is much more uh easier. it's much easier than building oneself sure. up and that's sure. why we fall to that destruction thing most often it's much easier for me to gossip about my boss and tear him down as a shitty boss than it is for me to acknowledge that maybe my boss has something good to say and he's challenging me to be better or she's challenging me to improve because that's hard. That's evaluation of self. And that's me doing something about it. It's much easier over uh, some wine or a glass of beer or whatever to sit there and just say, well, they're an idiot. They're a shitty leader. They're this a bad person, whatever. That's a lot easier and a lot more fun. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So, okay. I think that if anyone's listening, um, <laughs> if anyone is listening, uh, <laughs> the gossip, the negative part of gossip, especially if you click on this episode, uh, you're clicking on it because you don't like it. And so we don't need to spend a whole lot of time talking about why we don't like it because we don't like it. Um, but all of us can acknowledge that we are gossips. So even if we hate it, we are it. Um, and so sometimes I find it most ironical that we gossip about gossipers and how frustrating those gossipers are to us, right? So we go to our smaller group and we'll be like, can you believe that they gossip? I'm just so tired of their gossip. Well, that's what we're doing. Uh, but that's okay. It's okay to do that, right? It's okay to go to your friends, your colleagues, the people that you trust and vent as long as the purpose is not consistently to, to magnify the problem for the purpose of breaking them down or destruction. 
Are we okay with that? Definitely. Yeah, I think I think so. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. All right. So tell me why gossip is good. So one of the things that I, I think it's important to understand about gossip is just think about the evolution of humans. And we started, you know, prehistory. We're not writing things down. We're sharing stories. And so we get in the habit of of talking to each other, talking about each other. And I think one of the most important components of gossip is help spreading social norms. Yes. If someone is falling outside what we think is socially acceptable, like that's the kind of person we might find ourselves gossiping about. And as long as what we're saying is true, and then if we're sharing something with another person and they haven't really thought about that social norm in that way, but they're seeing, oh, this person I'm talking to who I like and respect does not like what this other Mm. person is doing, then I myself should not engage in those behaviors. So it's spreading social norms. Sure. And which is what's interesting about that is that's the positive of gossip, right? It's going to be a, 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 a accountability of sorts of the group, right? We're keeping each other accountable to our norms because if you fall outside those norms, you become the, the topic of conversation. What's interesting about that is therefore the norms are either the good or bad, not the gossip, right? Because if the norms are destructive and we, we kind of establish that as our culture, consciously or subconsciously, then the gossip, which is not negative or bad, becomes the driver of the norm. And so if if the norm is we want to do great things, we want to strive to be better people, and you fall outside of that, then that's good. But if the norm is we want to skate through, we want to do the least amount possible, we want to um, not, we don't really care about integrity, and somebody comes along and they are those things, now they're the center of gossip, and they're the ones who's being ostracized, for doing the right thing because the cultural norm is not. Yeah. And I think we see that from time to time. And I think that those are the people um, I would say the mass, the the people who do engage in social norms, it's that kind of gossip. And then that, you know, who's sharing information that we don't agree with that we end up just steering away from, which, which actually is useful too. If you have someone who's gossiping to you about things that you disagree with, that you know are untrue, then you know that that's a person you want to steer clear of. We don't do that because Number one, like you said, did you just say a little bit ago, or maybe I just heard on a podcast this morning, that we know we don't want to look at a car wreck, but we're going to anyways, right? We all slow down and look at the car wreck. Um, And the same is with gossip. We don't want to be a part of the gossip, but we want to be around the gossip, if nothing else, because if we're around it, we're not the conversation piece, at least in that moment. So a little fear of missing out, sure. Fear of missing out, but also like, if I'm in the room when Casey is talking about whomever, I know he's not talking about me. Okay. Right? Because he's not going to talk about me when I'm there. So I need to be around Casey as much as possible so he doesn't talk about me. Oh, that's an interesting concept, right? Because, you know, the advice is always if someone gossips to you, they're going to gossip about you. Absolutely. So to try to fix that, you just hang out with that person more. That's why I started a podcast with you, brother. I am a bit of a gossip, huh? I don't think, I don't know. I I wonder if I'm perceived as a gossip or not. I, I feel like I'm not. Um, I, I find myself saying this. Well, here's the, I, it, no gossip believes they're a gossip. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I know. So here, here's what I'm going to say. I often say, if I find myself engaged in a conversation that feels like gossip, I often say, no, no, I, I've said this to the person. Like I, yes. I do, I've told the yes. person this very thing that I'm saying just, and I don't know if it's just me, you know, feeling like I have to clarify that I'm not being no, a gossip, but. 
Maybe, but that's a healthy component of this. Like, I feel as though when I speak about um, other people, because we all do it, I'm not going to be bashful about that. We all do it. I don't feel as ugly or as insecure about it when I know I've chatted with that other person because I know I'm, I'm intentionally trying and it is more of a clarifying discussion. I'm not magnifying their faults. I have, you know, I've chatted with uh, um, Casey shirts. We've wrestled with this and now I'm telling my buddy about it. I'm trying to see clarity. Am I wrong in this? Am I wrong in thinking that Casey is this? Am I wrong in thinking that this reaction wasn't okay? That's well, not gossip. I, yeah. And an example of that is, um, you know, let's, Imagine I've had a, a a staff member who's struggling with behaviors in their class and it's gotten to the point where everybody knows about it. I'll probably just say, if somebody comes to, to speak with me, I'll just say something like, oh yeah, we, I've talked, you know, that teacher and I have talked a lot. Here's some of the things that they're working on. They know where they're at. Like, and I, it feels a little gossipy in the moment because that person comes to me with this, you know, bit sure. of juicy info. But then I can clarify and I say, no, no, well, I've spoken with that person. Here's where that person's at. And so it it does provide some clarity. And I think it enhances the conversation instead of it just being spreading of misinformation. Sure. Um, I have some solutions, but I don't want to get there yet unless you have more. I, I think there's a couple more things we can run through. So I yeah. don't I, I think we should not leave out the fact that uh one of the most valuable components in gossip is how it can help define the problem that exists. Hmm. It's very similar to clarity, but what I see a lot in the building, if I'm starting to hear the gossip and it's about a particular problem, what it tells me is that the people in the, the building are saying, no, 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 this problem has risen to the top. It's now at the forefront of our conversation. And so this is probably something we as a building have to address. Here's a couple examples. One is this is a normal thing because it's about safety often, right? You'll hear, um, you know, somebody might say, oh, that guy's really creeping me out. He seems kind of creepy. And that's a mm -hmm. gossip that we'll have. But really, and then what we have is, all these juicy stories about how he made you and me feel uncomfortable. Right. And that's not healthy. But the origin of it is. I don't feel safe around this person. And I want sure. you to know, be careful if you're around that person. Now that's a huge bummer. If that person's actually a really nice person and, uh, and, and it's unfounded so, and it's in incomplete yep. or whatever. And so we have to be careful about that, but I think it's okay if we're, you know, I always tell the story, you know, stereotypes exist for a reason. Prejudice exists for a reason. Yeah. We sometimes have to make a judgment in advance of knowing someone to protect our own safety. If there's a guy at the park in a windowless van just hanging out, go ahead and be prejudiced. Don't go to that person, right? Yeah. And I yeah. think some of gossip works in some of the same ways. I appreciate that distinction because there's there's a line where the gossip is healthy. Like, again, there's a creepy guy in our building. He's making us uncomfortable. And so we talk about it, right? That's good. That's identifying a problem. And that's essentially raising awareness. Where it becomes unhealthy is when no one ever either goes to somebody who can go to that person or goes to that person directly. And here's an example that I have from oh, three, four years ago in one of my old buildings. Um, I had a, a colleague of mine who would come to me consistently about some of our students who he said drink like fish, right? There are students who obviously are engaging in an activity that according to our handbook and most uh, social norms of high school are not appropriate. And if nothing else, according to his at least very strong convictions are wrong for teenagers to be drinking. And so he would share it often. And finally, I just said, have you ever told the parents? Have you ever talked to the parents? 
And he kind of looked at me a little bit shocked. And I said, if you're this convicted about it, if you're this, if you feel this strongly about it, why are you not telling the parent? Because you would want them to tell you. And so that is, I think, to your point of if there's a creepy guy in our building who's making people feel uncomfortable, there's a real chance he's a he's a creepy dude. There's also a real chance that he's just not aware of social norms. And so the social norms have been articulated in this group. Somebody has to go to him. What makes him a creepy, bad person is when somebody goes to him and he doesn't acknowledge it and he doesn't change. That's when it becomes a problem. But that gossip has articulated and you've been affirmed by the people around you. Yeah, he makes me uncomfortable as well. Okay, now we have to do something about it. Somebody has to go to this guy. Well, and, and one of the things I notice in the building from time to time is that when there is a kid who is really struggling, that kid becomes the center of conversation amongst the staff. I, I hesitate to call it gossip because that feels really weird to say that they're gossiping about a kid, but it's functioning the same way. You know, we have a student in the building who's really struggling with behaviors, and it is at the forefront of the conversation of a lot of teachers. And in the end, a couple of things probably have to happen. One, this kid doesn't understand social norms, isn't meeting those norms. So someone needs to teach him. And two, someone needs to make contact with an administrator and or a parent and say, this kid's struggling for these reasons. And we're going to now try to provide this kid some instruction on it. And I think your point about that is sometimes people don't understand social norms. And so they, they become outsiders and they never get to be part of those gossipy conversations that teach social norms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that. Okay. What's your other one? You know, I think that's about it. There's uh is it Aristotle or somebody like that who had a list of, of questions you should ask before gossiping. I, I can't remember the, the source of it originally, but it's like, is what you're about to say true? Is it, is it useful? Uh, and is it helpful or necessary, right? Those are some of the questions we should ask ourselves before we start engaging in the conversation. I agree. And those are some of the things that you see often when handbooks or in classrooms, which I don't think are wrong, but they, they are what create this divide in working spaces because you're going to have the people who kind of use that. Like, is this good? Is this profitable? And then you're going to have the people who just want to be gossips. And so now you have this rift and it's not very healthy. And so I've been wrestling a lot with, as a building leader, what is my responsibility? And I do want to talk about that specifically. Um, but the reality is, although people come to my office and are often identifying on any sort of evaluation that I've done in any building, that gossip is an issue. The reality is, I can't do much about it, right? The leaders can't do much about it. It has to be sort of a grassroots sort of, sort of thing. And so if that is the case... I kind of want to talk about ways in which we can do this. Leaders can maybe inspire it or, or uh, start it. But if you are in a culture uh, that has deals with some gossip, here are some things that you can do to, to kind of change the grassroots. So first and foremost, um, truly, bosses can do very little. When people come to me and they say, share some sort of information about somebody else who is gossiping, the, the topic of their frustration is gossip. I have to say, have you talked with the person? Because I am not going to go for you to talk to this person and say something like, somebody chatted with me and said that you're gossiping. Like, that's an uncomfortable conversation that breeds more distrust than anything. So I have to say as the boss, you have to go do something about it. Um, have you chatted with the person? Now, I can guide you. I can even be a, a, in the room with you as you do it. And I've done that a couple of times in my current building. Um, and I have 
notice that people stop coming so much telling me about the people who are gossiping, which could be a good or bad thing. I don't know. But putting the ownership back on you of you have to do this. You are the one with firsthand knowledge. You're sm- you're smirking. What? I'm just laughing because you know what's happening is they're all saying Miller doesn't do anything about the gossip in this building and they're gossiping about that. <laughs> and you're, you're not wrong. And I'm sure that that is, the, I'm sure that that's what's going to happen. But I have been able to, through an evaluation I did of the staff, like they did their own evaluation and evaluation of me. Now I have some data about it. And so going to the staff and saying, listen, uh, the thing that you pride yourself on the most and I'm so encouraged by is that we're dedicated to fixing problems. You are dedicated to each other. You're dedicated to having a healthy culture. I mean, they rated themselves so high on that. And I said, and if that is the case, which I'm so encouraged by, our least strength or where we're worst at is you collectively has said it is gossip. And I'm okay with that because you've also told me your strength is going to work on it. So now we have, if you would have said, you know, we, we love to gossip and we don't like to work on things, that's a problem. But you've identified you want to work on things. And so being able to call it out and say, here it is, this is an issue. The way I can deal with it is to give them ways to deal with it, right? As a leader, I can't stop it, but I can give them ways to stop it. But first and foremost, the way us leaders have to stop it is by not engaging in it, right? If you are a building leader of any sort, you cannot engage in gossip. Your office has to be locked down silence on everything. Well, and I think... Part of the reason for that is it it takes you like you're equal as humans, but you do have to stand out a bit because you make the difficult decisions. And if if you're engaged in the gossip, which we said is potentially a pro-social thing that connects bonds and relationships, all of a sudden you guys are buddies and peers. And now it's more difficult to kind of, you know, make those difficult decisions. Something else I was thinking about though, you, you mentioned that you, you can't really do anything about it, but what if you're in a scenario where you have five, six, seven teachers coming to you about one teacher who is like, would you do something then? And I have, right. And I have, uh, and that's where I would say, um, listen, this is uncomfortable. I want you to know. And, and I tell my staff, when they come to me, you come and share with something with me, I will hear you. I'm probably not going to do much about it because you're just telling me a piece of information. If three, four, five people have come to me, well, now this is a narrative. This isn't gossip. This is a narrative. And I have to do something about it. So that's when I will step in, right? Because now that's a culture thing. That's a big issue that is causing disruption in my building. But the only person that I can really, really be accountable to, obviously outside of myself, is my secretary, right? That's who I can directly say, we are not going to gossip. And if I hear it, I can directly say, do not engage in this, right? But um, the other thing that I think that is really important is that we need to define a little bit uh, and give a picture. So on a side note, I have a video that I think I want to play and just the audio is great. It's from a, a movie called from a movie called Doubt, okay? Uh, Richard Seymour Hoffman is a, is a Catholic priest, and um, Meryl Streep is a nun in his, in his whatever they are. It's a fantastic, fantastic movie. So this is one of his sermons, and the sermon is on gossip. This is what I think we as educators or we as leaders can do to, and I've, I've actually played this to my students um, as a, in, a, in an assembly when the students themselves were discussing gossip and discussing the destructive nature of gossip. And I, so I needed to give them an image of what it is and the destructive nature of it. So either with students or with our teachers, um, with our families, with whomever, 
This image is fantastic. Okay, so let me just summarize it and I'll send you the link. Um, the, the movie Doubt with Richard Seymour Hoffman and Meryl Streep, he's giving a sermon. And the story is a woman comes to him. She's overcome with guilt. Uh, she has this dream of, of God kind of has his hand kind of hovering over her and then he points down at her. And so she has this guilt. And so she goes to confession and she says, I have been talking about this other person, um, been gossiping. Is that bad? And and the, the man says, yes, you have defiled this person. You have ruined the reputation. It is bad. And she says, I need to repent. And he says, before you do, I want you to get a pillow, go on top of your roof and and cut open the pillow. So she takes her pillow, she goes on top of a roof, she slices it open, and, and she lets out all the feathers, and they just kind of disperse. And he comes back, and he said, did you do it? And she says, yes. And he says, what happened? And she says, feathers. Feathers everywhere. And he says, okay, now go pick up all those feathers. And she says, I can't. They're everywhere. I can't possibly know where they are. They're in the alleys. They're in the gutters. They're in the streets. I can't possibly pick up all those feathers. And he says, that is gossip. And I love that image, that very powerful image that when we share stories, once we share the story, we no longer have control of that story. We no longer have control over how it's going to be interpreted, who's going to repeat it, how they're going to repeat it. And that does give me some conviction of being cautious of how I tell a story and why I tell, tell a story. Because the second I release it, am I okay with it being spread any which way? So, you know, the REO Speedwagon song, Heard It From A Friend? I don't know yeah. if that's the title. Heard yeah, it from so, a friend who... I'm glad you did the singing because I didn't want to have to. So thank you for that. But uh, it's some of the lines in it are, and talk is cheaper when a story is good and the tale grows taller on down the line, right? Oh, yeah. And that once that thing's out there, it does. It, it changes, it grows, it becomes something else. Yeah. Which is why, okay, so now some of our solutions are, Control what you can control. Give an image of the destructive or the 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 lack of control over nature or, or over gossip. One of the phrases that I do use often, and actually I was very um, comforted the other day when one of my teachers said, I use this phrase a lot with my family or just with my friends. It's like, I found myself saying it quite a bit. But when people are asking questions of you, when people are almost enticing you to be a gossip of some sort. And if you can have any sort of um, bell in the back of your brain, that's kind of chiming of like, maybe this is going to be destructive. This is more magnifying than it is clarifying. Um, the phrase that I love to use is that's not my story to tell. And what I love about that phrase is it's not um, degrading to the person, right? Where you're not like, I don't want to engage in gossip. When we say things like that, it's, it's kind of like a hierarchical sort of like, I'm better than you. I don't want to engage in this, but we need to say, it's not my story to tell. It's putting it on you. Like, I don't want to tell the story, but it's, it just makes it softer, but it gets very clarifying that this is somebody else's story and they need to tell it. So go to that person. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is the key to that is it is someone's story to tell. It's not mine, but you know right. whose story it is. Go see that person. Right. Right. So I think that's a, that's a, a little piece of language that I think is at least very helpful for me when people come in and want information, especially if you're a leader of any sort or a teacher, right. Uh, or anyone who's just a part of a social group, people and people want to know stories. They want, they want to ask you. And if it's a, a point that you just feel slightly uncomfortable, oh, that's not my story to tell. Any thoughts? I have one more thing that I want to chat about, but any thoughts? So if we were to procedurally try to create a building that only had pro-social gossip instead of anti-social gossip, 
would there be value in trying to define and lay out the details of those with the staff in advance? I think so. I think you need to, if you want your staff or your community to stop doing something, you have to give them the language and the, the clarity of expectations. It is their responsibility, but they need to have some language of what that looks like. And so that's why I love the pillow idea, right? So that anytime you're engaging in a conversation, if somebody were to ask you, okay, go pick up all those stories that you just let fly in, in, the, in the staff lounge, would you be able to, right? So that kind of gives you some sort of responsibility to the things that you say. Language such as, that's not my story to tell, gives you a phrase to say that is not uh, frustrating. So we're kind of giving some guidance. I think so. Yeah. And uh, it also, you know, if you can do that, if you can distinguish between those two types of gossip, you are still giving permission to the staff to engage in some of those fun, exciting conversations. Uh, It just, there has to be clarity. Sometimes just juicy gossip. It's okay. It's just okay. Right. It's not, if it's always what we do, that's not great, but it's okay. Um, I think especially if, and I kind of referenced our group in our last episode, you know, at times we would engage in some probably, I don't remember anything specific, but some potentially juicy gossip. Um, But that wasn't where we hung our hat all the time. That wasn't where we went to all the time. Um, I'll even just kind of share this story. Like if your goal, if there's no action in anything that you are talking about, I I was, I was given um, insight into a very destructive situation that is happening in my old school. Very, very destructive. And the woman who called me, she's a, a previous teacher that worked with me in that school. She's no longer in that school, but she's still connected with some of the people in that school. And one of those people in that old school is, is a gossip, right? It's, it's her potentially biggest flaw. She reached out to this woman just to spread gossip on a very, not just juicy situation, but incredibly harmful situation. And so then this teacher called me and she called me because she's like, Hey, you know, she's being who she is. She's spreading gossip. Here's what she said. What can we do about it? Or what do I have to do about it? And so that kind of was a chain reaction of her and I both notifying authorities and this, this, that, and the other, but it really has been settling so heavy on my heart of how can you share stories of destruction of other people that you know are happening? And you just want to share the story. You want to call somebody, you want to text somebody, but you don't actually want to help the people involved. That's a very dangerous, scary, ugly place to be. And I don't want to, I don't want to trample any of the upcoming solutions that you might have, but that makes me wonder if part of this process of, of helping teach your staff about appropriate gossip is knowing that there are times where you can't spread the story but instead, you need to get that information to someone who can fix the problem. And yeah. that sounds like if, if this person just engages in gossip all the time, they probably know that some of what they have said is not true. And so they're not even fully sold on the truth of this story that they're telling. And I, I wonder but it's if sensual, that's just it's fun and they get a reaction. Yep. And so making that person aware that like, no, 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 we, we, we don't want to just magnify problems. And if it is truly that level. We have to go to somebody. We it can't. It's got to stop being gossip. It's got to be one of those clarified problems that we now have to figure out a solution to. And I think the biggest solution, and we've kind of tiptoed around it, but it is exactly that: standing before your culture, your community, and saying, "Here's the good and bad of gossip. If you engage in this kind of gossip, 
we are not going to tattle on it one another. We're not going to be frustrated by that because it is good because listen to it. So you're almost like guiding them. Like when you hear the gossip, listen to it. What's the story being told? What's the problem being articulated? Because I need you guys to identify it because the problem isn't the gossip. The problem is what you're talking about. So if we can identify that with our staff and saying this is good, we no longer have these kind of like super sensitive antennas to anytime anything is being talked about. That's gossip. That's gossip. Get away from that. But being able to also draw a line of distinction of if it is dangerous in any way, if there's danger involved with colleagues, with students of any sort, you can chat about it for sure. And you can go chat about it with other people to seek clarity. But if it is a sincere, dangerous thing, the problem isn't the gossip. The problem is us not doing something about it. And that's the danger that we need to be uh, cautious of. And I think that distinction to a staff is lifts a huge burden. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And it just gives, what it does is it's another way to give permission to your staff members to give you information. Yes. Say, this is a good time. Not even me. Like, go to somebody. Sure, sure. Go to somebody. Even if you just, like, you need to tell somebody about this information. And if you don't trust me, because I might even be the problem, you got to go to somebody. And and this makes me think of students a little bit, too, because students, and it's weird, because all adults are, are, you know, grown up kids and and there are some lessons in life that they never learned. So I'm thinking about students now and it's certain that sometimes students don't know who to go to. So it's probably true that also sometimes adults don't know who to go to. And so clarifying, you know, some of the avenues on how they could share that information, especially if it is dangerous or needed. I agree with that. Okay. Are you ready for my last piece here? Let's hear it. Um, And it's a very simple solution and it's not going to get rid of a lot of the problems, but I think it's a way to identify the problems, but also provide a potential solution. Here's my last piece. And it comes from, um, I read uh, Ernest Shackleton's biography um, about his adventures to the South Pole. And it is an unbelievable tale of humanity overcoming the craziest of odds. Right. So just kind of a a bird's eye view of what happens. He goes down there with a crew. They get um, smashed in with the ice. They get have to uh, get off their ship. The ship goes down. They have to feed on like seals that they find. I think they actually have to eat the dogs that they're with. Um, And then they get on these little rowboats and they row to these absolute remote islands that no one has any business ever being on. There's no life on it. There's no plants on it. There's nothing there. But they get on these islands. And then from there... Ernest Shackleton and a crew are going to sail to another island that has habitation on it. And people have said like how they navigated through these open waters in this tiny little boat only using the stars through storms is unbelievable. They get to the wrong side of the island and they have to climb over this mountain range and come down the other mountain range. And they're like, even today with all of our technology and ropes and stuff, we can't do it. How they did this and nobody uh, lost their lives is absolutely insane. But the men who were left on this inhabitable island, what they, they were there for months, right? In the worst of conditions. And they could have talked about Ernest Shackleton. They could have talked about so many things. But consistently, the narrative that they shared, either in their journals or in the stories afterwards, they didn't talk about the big things. They talked about how irritating it was that because they were working so hard, they were so sweaty, but it was so cold and the, the ice would freeze in the tip of their nose. And so you you would break that ice off, but that would begin to wear off the skin. And so they all had this very sensitive sores in the tip of their nose, right? They talked about that all the time. They also talked about they had there was this little kettle 
because uh, they turned over, over their boats and that's where they slept at night. And so there's a little kettle that the rule was, if you were the one who filled up the kettle with your pee, you had to go dump it. Well, they began to learn the sound of an almost full kettle and they would hold their pee all night long because they didn't want to dump it, right? So these are the two things they're going to talk about. And I love that story because this is sometimes what happens in our cultures, right? There's these big things that are happening, these big frustrations that are happening, and we can't necessarily solve them or get to them, but I can get to the little annoyances in my building. I can get to the little, you know, the guy down the hall who maybe teaches a little bit too loud or the principal who misspells things all the time or whatever it might be. I can get to these little things. So that's what we're going to talk about. And so, and those little things are actually the things that really aggravate us. They're the things that cause us consternation coming to work. They're the things that ruin our ability to teach because there he did it again, right? Mr. Miller did this, whatever again. And so that's what they're going to be irritated about. And so I've begun this practice. It's inconsistent, but it's every now and then is at the end of a meeting, we have staff meetings once a month, all staff meetings. I give them a, a little note card and I just say, what is one thing that I can solve for you? Can't be a big thing. It can't be state testing. It can't be student behavior because we're always working on that. We're always talking about that. What is one thing that is grading on you that I can fix? And it does a couple things. Number one, it helps me fix the problems, right? I know what's going on and I can go and tangibly fix something for somebody. When I go and tangibly fix something, they feel better. I build rapport, I build confidence, I build trust. But also it just removes a thing for people to talk about. And hopefully if I can remove all these little things, they'll always find something to talk about. There's always going to be an irritant, but hopefully if I can remove all these minor irritants, then they can actually start talking about things that are more meaningful in their profession and in their lives. What do you think? Do you call it the pebble in the shoe note card? Or Have I mentioned this, that before? Yeah. I mean, it seems like it fits in with what you, what you believe strongly in, which is let's take care of the things we can. If you got yeah. a rock in the shoe, just take the rock out. Just stop and take the rock out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think so it's great. I, I'm fairly redundant. We're on episode 26. I'm running out of material, man. I got to start recycling it. Well, I think this is, yeah. I mean, we're getting so far into this. No, I, I think it was, uh, you, you mentioned it, but I think this is the first time you talked about how it it's implemented in practice in your building. And so I think that's super cool that you're doing that. It works. I feel like it works, but I, I also, I, that's, part of the reminder to myself when I, as a building administrator, get frustrated with gossip and I get, got, I get maybe hurt when they, when I know it's about me, right? Like we all know when you walk into a room and the conversation suddenly shifts, you're like, ah, you're probably talking about me. Um, the reality is people are going to talk. The reality is if you're a leader, you are going to be the cop, the topic of conversation. And by leader, I mean, teacher, principal, whatever it might be, they're going to talk about you. Um, parents are going to talk about you. Students are going to talk about you. So I, I need to kind of get over that. But I also, I feel like if I can do my very best to do, to do the right thing, to help people and to serve people, if you're going to talk about like these simple things, I, I just kind of need to let that go. Like that, that's what you're going to talk about. That's what you're going to gossip about. Like I had a teacher come in the other day and she's like, you know, people were really frustrated and she gave me this thing that happened in our building. And I just kind of smirked and I said, if that's what we're talking about, we're in a good, pretty good place. And she just kind of spurred and she's like, I know, that's what I thought too. I just wanted you to know that there are people talking about it and I couldn't truly do anything about it. And I didn't want to because it was such a, it was such a, a an unfair statement or characterization of a person and just the simple action that they took that was being misinterpreted. It was being magnified. Uh, and I just, 
man, if, if we're going to wrestle with that, we're okay. <laughs> yeah, I think gossip in the end, once it gets to, you know, building leaders or teacher leaders, it, it gives us a pretty good indication of where the building's at. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's clues, you know, leadership into, you know, what is the thing that we should address next? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess those are, those are my, my solutions, right? So like give a picture of what it looks like. I, I really do think, um, and I'll throw the, the link in the, in the, in the notes here. Um, this idea of a pillow and the feathers being everywhere, giving a visual of this is what it looks like. And this is the dangers of it. Um, giving some very clear parameters of good and bad of it's okay. If you engage in this kind of, if you are clarifying a situation, that's fantastic. If you're magnifying a situation, that's probably not great. But if it is a dangerous, destructive thing that you're dis- discussing, we have to do something about it. I think that's uh, point number two, um, articulating the good and the bad and, and why it matters. Um, using the phrase, not my story to tell, is gives them language to use that we can all kind of agree upon that is that is beneficial. And then uh, this number four, like if giving opportunities to say, okay, I kind of hear the chatter, what can I do about it? So whether it's your students, whether it's your your um, your colleagues, whoever whoever it is, just give opportunities. Okay, what's one irritant that I can fix? Because I can, I want to fix it in the next week. Give me one thing that I can do. That kind of removes some of these juicy conversations. Yeah, gossip in the end is people thinking out loud about things. And so we can use that information. Yeah, I like that. All right, anything else? This might be a little bit of a shorter one. No, I don't think so. We ready for takeaways? Are you ready for takeaways? Yeah, I, re- I was really focused today. No, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna update my response when I don't want to engage in gossip. Typically, I would just say something like, "Oh, I don't have any thoughts on that, or I don't have an opinion on that." But uh, I like your phrase. It's not my story to tell because it adds that extra piece, which is it is someone's story, and if you want to hear it, go to that someone. Yeah, good. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> my takeaway is I appreciate the the clarification of is it magnifying versus is it clarifying. That to me is I can go to my staff and say, gossip is okay. Here are the, here's the definitive line between when it's appropriate and it's uh, team building and it's building trust and when it's destructive. Are you magnifying the problem or are you clarifying the problem? So that, that's awesome. very good for me. Thank you. Yeah, good stuff, man. Hey, thank you um, to... Thank you to Catherine Young for reaching out. I think this is a great topic. Uh, and we appreciate you listening and, and kind of letting us know something you want to chat about. So anyone else out there, if there's something you want us to kind of wrestle with, please let us know. And we would love to wrestle with it and kind of hopefully find some clarity with it. So, yeah. Thanks, Catherine. All right, brother. Uh, until next week, you are on next week. Until then, uh, I have a winter storm morning around here, April 19th, and I'm dealing with snow. Uh, but I have a winter storm morning until next week. Do great things. And keep knocking. All right. Peace, brother. See ya. We were just two friends hanging out, sharing ideas, talking about. Things that matter in this life How to make a change, how to make it right Gonna start a podcast to change the world We'll speak our minds and hearts Let our voices be heard 
Gonna make a podcast and make a different plans. We'll be the change we want to see, and nothing's gonna stop us now. Talk about the issues need to be addressed. Politics to human rights, we'll give it our best. We'll have guests on our show, experts in their field. We'll learn and grow together, make our message heard. We're gonna start a podcast and change the world. Speak our minds and hearts, let our voices be heard. Start a podcast, make a difference. We'll be the change we want to see, and nothing's gonna stop us now.